Welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about influencing yield now in cornfields. If you've got any questions for us about that or anything that's going on in your farm right now, we'd love to take your phone call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. So, (laughs) one of the big questions I've been getting the last couple of days, Darren, has been hot temps and how that's going to impact things. Hot temperatures. We were just talking about frost here two days ago on the show. Yep. But it's the same guys making the same calls, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, So, even in North Dakota, they're getting mid to upper 90s for temperature, and a lot of people are. A little bit concerned, number one, that that could have a negative impact on yield. But more importantly than that at this early stage is how about spraying? When should I spray? So just a couple of quick things to start us off here today. First of all, I would say I like it when it's warm and dry very early in the growing season because then roots get down just a little bit deeper in the soil. So that generally means we've got a deeper root system later, so we've got a more stable plant. So we have fewer issues with lodging, and then we also have deeper roots to extract more nutrients later in the year. Now, we need rain, okay? A lot of areas in the northern United States and southern Canada are pretty dry. So we're going to need some rain, all right? But it's very early, at least here. Our biggest corn is V5, maybe V6, something like that. So it's not like it's real huge, but in one week, it's going to be well, less than one week with these temps, it's going to be knee high. And three weeks from now, it's going to be shoulder high. So the point is, we're going to be very quickly entering this rapid growth phase. We've got to have massive amounts of fertility there. And there has to be moisture for the fertility to get into the plant. Okay. But right now, today, I'm not super worried about the hot temps having a a big negative impact on corn. When hot temps hurt corn more is right around tasseling and silking. Okay. Next thing is, in terms of spraying, I know that when you listen to a lot of the experts out there, they're going to tell you, well, when that temperature is over about 86 degrees, you shouldn't spray. If you want to make just a general statement, I don't have a huge problem with that. But very specifically, in your case, that may not be true at all. You got to look at, well, when is that heat actually coming? Um, How cool was it overnight and in the morning? What kind of humidity do you have? And how long has it actually been hot? So, for example, today is going to be our first 90-degree day since last August. All right, so am I really that worried that our plants are shutting down? No, it's perfectly fine to spray even when it's 90 degrees today for us. Now, a week from now, when it will have been 95 degrees every day for a week, well, yeah, then then I might think a little differently. Also, our mornings are still cool. So even like today, you can say, well, boy, it's going to hit 90. We can't spray. No, you just don't, even, even if it had been 90 for a little while, you probably just don't want to spray in the heat of the day. So get your product sprayed when it is a little bit cooler. A lot of times that's in the morning. Now you have to be a little bit careful about going too early in the morning and things like that. But anyway, I, I, I'm not a huge believer in saying, well, if the temp's going to be above a certain amount, I can't spray at all that day. I don't believe that to be true at all. I've never found that to be true. Also, let me add one last thing before we get to the APHD mailbag. 
Bassigran loves hot, humid weather. Quite frankly, Bucktroll and a number of other products, Liberty, really Gramoxone, like hot, humid weather. Okay, so if it's 150 points of heat plus humidity, that's a fantastic day to spray. So if I've got 90, 95 degrees and I've got 55, 60% humidity, Bassigran, Liberty, Gramoxone, Bucktroll, all these contact killers work much better on the weeds. Now, you might see a little more crop response, but they're going to work much better on the weeds than they would on a cooler day. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, Brian, Justin wants to plant some soybeans, but he has a few hundred acres of soybean ground that has gotten out of hand with all the rain they've had the last three weeks. He needs to do a tillage pass before he plants. He was going to run a vertical tillage pass. He sure. knows that's not going to take out all the weeds. So he's wondering, okay. he was considering running a generic paraquat and metribuzin ahead of that vertical tillage sure. to try to get it into the weeds. Would you yep. recommend doing that? Or yes. would you wait till after you do the tillage and no. do something different? No, I do it right away. Okay. Then the other part of the question is, would it also be okay to run some valor with that? Yep. And do you feel like the vertical tillage would mess the valor up no. in any way? Well, I mean, it's possible if you got down too deep, if you push some too deep. But let's face it, you're, you're not moving much stuff far into the ground. So, nope, I think it'll work just fine. Now, with this vertical till machine, what I would like is if there was, a, let's say, a harrow or rolling baskets or, you know, just something on the back. As long as, as, long as we get it nice and level when we're all done, I feel pretty good about it. All right, got this one from SR who says, I've got a question for you about your young farmer field day coming up in late June. I'm wondering, is that only for young people and only for people who want to be full-time farmers? No, no, anybody can come. I I mean, quite frankly, almost all of our educational events we have, I'm I'm trying to think of any one that we have where we limit it uh, to any particular type of farmer we don't care. We just like talking about ag education. And we're going to try to give you some things where I don't care if you're eight years old or 80 years old or 18 years old, doesn't make any difference. It's all things that absolutely pertain to the farm. A lot of stuff that's happening in fields right now today, and you're going to see it in fields. So we're going to spend most of our time out in the field Right on the Ag PhD Field Day site, we're going to slice plants open. We're going to look at root pits. We're going to go through a bunch of different crops. It's going to be a lot of fun. I would really encourage you, whatever age you are, whatever level of education, uh, it doesn't whether you're full time, part time. I don't care. We would just love to see you at the Ag PhD. And I realize we're calling it the Young Farmers uh, Field Day, but. It doesn't matter what age you are. We just said that because it's more of an, um, I shouldn't even say introductory level. There's some scholarships there too for for young folks. Yeah, and that's that's more than anything. So we're going to give away 40 college scholarships. So we'd love to see you there. Just go to agphd.com to learn more. Talking about influencing yield right now in corn on Ag PhD Radio. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. 
Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. Weed control without the BS. That's more time to apply without wasting time. That's flexible tank mixing that doesn't bend the truth. That's near zero volatility with unmovable principles. With the Enlist weed control system, there is no sacrificing. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people. And we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Broadcasting from the Morton Studio, talking about what you can do to influence yield right now in corn. And I'm pretty happy, maybe a little bit sunburned. I was out in our cornfields today and looking at where we're at, and we finally got some heat, as Brad had mentioned. This corn's going to start taking off. It's it's a great time on this farm, but I know further south, the corn's further along, and it just depends on what growth stage you're at as to exactly what actions you're going to take. But there are certainly things you can do to help your yields in your cornfields. We've got Dr. Jerry Willem on with us right now with AgriLiquid. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Great to be here. All right. How are you coming on, on your research farm? Are you getting about everything done? You still got a few other crops you got to put in? Well, we're pretty much done with our uh, intended planting. We just finished up on uh, dry edible beans uh, just, just actually yesterday. And so everything's in, but we're like you. We're wishing we get a little more moisture. I mean, we're still planting into moisture, but we sure could use some uh, coming from clouds. Yeah, that, that would definitely help, no doubt about it. What, when you look at your corn, what leaf stage are you at now in Michigan on, on the research farm? Well, on the farm, it varies. I mean, we kind of held off on planting a little bit. I mean, we planted some early, particularly some silage corn we planted in early, but we we did wait a little bit on a lot of our plots because we were still in the 30s and the soil temperature, you know, in the 40s till just a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, you know, we got all our corn in. It's up and growing now. So it's about, I don't know, from two leaves to about maybe four. Okay. Fourth leaf stage. All right, so at V2 to V4, obviously you do a lot of research on fertilizer and other things. What do you see at this stage that, that really moves the needle for corn yields? Well, I, I, I thought I would maybe make a statement or two about that because I know you're going to be talking about a lot of things uh, to do going forward. But one thing that kind of occurred to me, now that you're at this stage, kind of take a look back at what you did to get you where you're at. And that can go back to fall like one thing that we're glad we did we did a lot of fall strip till 
and planting a lot of corn into that. And that helped because it did kind of warm up the soil in that, in that band, in the strip zone. And it saved some moisture uh, in between. And that corn, of all the different things, we do a lot of no-till. We have some conventional till. But I'd say the thing that stands out the most is that strip till. So that's one decision that we made. Uh, that kind of worked into the type of year that we're having. Awesome. And uh, so so that's something that we, we'll try to do as much as we can. Because, I mean, you know, strip till something that will work, whether it's wet or dry, I suppose. And so sure. that's kind of like a chicken chicken soup tillage. And, uh, and, the, anyway, the, and then, the tillage pass, Jerry, is one part of that. Did you put anything down as you're doing that strip till? Did you put any fertilizer down? I know you've done some trials that way. We've done trials that way, and, and we do actually put some things down, like on some of our non-research ground. But usually, uh, unless we're doing that as an experiment, we've done that before. We've had good results with, with fall applications of, the, of our potassium sure K and you know, some pro-germinator down deep. And then we like to run some starter uh, in, in, in the furrow when we do plant. But, yeah, that's been successful with us. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the uh, fall strip till and our research ground did not have anything because, to be honest with you, sometimes we don't know what we're going to be doing the next sure, spring sure, there. Yep. So we'll, we'll just have it there just so it'll be a little earlier, uh, getting on it a little earlier than, than normal. Okay. So, But it makes a nice, a great seed bed, particularly in a year like this. Absolutely. And uh, so then as far as the, the questions, I mean, yeah, we'll do a lot of different fertility things. I like to let it get up a little bit bigger, uh, before we start doing some tissue testing. Oh, then another thing that I'm glad we did. Uh, we've actually, in the past, uh, regarding nitrogen, we really didn't, because we're so so fast and furious trying to get things planted that we really don't, didn't used to put on much nitrogen until side dress. And you know how you can get hurt that way if you get too late or get busy or get rained out and that sort of thing. But the past several years now, we've been running, I mean, with the, the popularity of the, you know, the two by two, uh, two by two by two and that sort of thing. So you have nitrogen on both sides. One thing that we've uh, been running on our planters is that the, the conceal unit or the bandit units where you're able to put on some nitrogen about three inches over and, and about an inch down. Uh, we generally put on maybe 50 pounds of nitrogen, 45 to 50 pounds of nitrogen that way. And that lets us wait till the corn's a little bit bigger till we can side dress or wide drop or whatever. And so those are just some decisions like the tillage and then do, putting on nitrogen with the planter that kind of take the pressure off a little bit uh, later on. So you're not rushing to do things. You're kind of doing things more, more, more timely. How about micros, Jerry? We get a lot of questions about micronutrients, guys that are going out to make a herbicide app that are saying, you know, I, I know I need more micros. I know my levels aren't great. Is now the good time to do it? I usually like to let things get a little bit bigger. I, 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 I believe, don't get me wrong, I do believe in, in tissue testing. And I've run a lot of We've done a lot of tests where we put on, you know, various micronutrients or our package product, Micro 500. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I've, I've visited with, with the, the labs and that sort of thing. It's just hard, I think, because you're putting on low rates to begin with, uh, to really influence that tissue test early with um, micronutrients. And so, and I've got lots of calls say, hey, I use this product or that product, and I'm still showing low in my early tissue test. So I like to wait till it's a little bit bigger, maybe uh, 
all past V6, maybe V8, to, to be looking at the micronutrient test levels because by then the, the roots are big enough and they're tapping in maybe into more of what you applied. Uh, and so, but when you do show some micronutrients or if you know you're in an area like we struggle with manganese all the time, and it's, it's a, just a routine part of our foliar with uh, soybeans, but on corn, we have put manganese with uh, fungicide sprays as well as other nutrients with fungicide sprays and uh, have been able to uh, build those levels back up. So, yeah, you can, micronutrients is one thing that you can put on uh, with a spray. We get a lot of questions, Jerry, about pre-side dress nitrate tests. And I know Brandon and I talk about them a lot, that we do them on our farm. Do you think the good, there's good information there for guys? Do you, have you found anything better for trying to figure out how much more nitrogen to add for this crop? I've done that test, and I mean, I'm, I'm sounding more like a farmer than a researcher. I mean, sometimes it comes back saying that you don't need very much more, and that always makes you nervous. And so you, oh, you sound like my brother, Jerry. I, I think he's almost <laughs> excited about writing that check for more nitrogen. That if it tells him well, he doesn't need to, then he gets really nervous. But if it tells him he needs to put more on, he seems to accept those results really easy. Are you the same way? Well, I, I, I guess. Uh, I guess I guess we've done the tests that that show I actually have put on a little bit more than than those tests uh, indicate, and it has worked. So it does it does kind of show you where you're at, and maybe if if you know if you want to try to save some money, or 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 if you know you can't get all the the nitrogen that you need, at least it gives you a little reassurance that uh, maybe you're not as bad off as you thought you were. But sometimes it says. You know, at this stage, maybe maybe my total nitrogen application might only be a, like a hundred pounds or something when I normally put on like a hundred and seventy or something, and, and and you know that's when you just don't feel right, and you tend to up it a little bit. But they are they are good tests, I will say that. And sometimes in the year you will get more mineralization than from uh, you know from the soil and organic matter and that sort of thing uh, than than you were expecting. But uh, I don't know, some, it, it does feel you just feel nervous kind of saying, well, okay, I'm not going to put on, put on that extra amount. Yeah. It's tough, tough to know sometimes. All right, Jerry, we're, we're about out of time here. Uh, real quick, got 30 seconds. What have you got coming up this summer? Are you having field days again? Yep. The agro expo, uh, in mid Michigan is back. I believe it's the 17th and 18th. It's a two day event there in, uh, in, uh, mid August. And uh, we've got well over 100 vendors. Uh, we're going to, I mean, everybody's just pent up, as you know, everybody's pent up to come back to the field days and that sort of thing. So we'll have a, equipment, and it's all agriculture, it's all farm related, and uh, it's going to be a great time. A lot of seed, a lot of folks there. So come on by if you're anywhere near mid Michigan in mid August. All right, talking to Dr. Jerry Willem here with AgriLiquid. Jerry, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. We'll send some rain your way. Hey, great. And when we're done with it, we'll send it back. All right. Sounds good. Listening to Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. 
Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Your soil, your season, your edge. Make the new three-point Soil Warrior Edge from Environmental Tillage Systems your strip tillage system. Because you don't get to choose the condition of your soil, the Soil Warrior Edge is engineered to handle whatever's in your fields. That same durable engineering goes the extra acre when that's what you have to do. The new Soil Warrior Edge three-point mounted strip till system. Learn more at SoilWarrior.com. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. When it comes to innovative herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Panther, Credit Extreme, and Cheetah for decades, made right here in the USA. What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these challenging times, we know you're under pressure. New Farm's here to help. Influencing yield right now in corn, what can you do? That's our topic of discussion on today's Ag PhD radio program. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we welcome your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. Let's head down to Iowa. We've got Dean Grossnickel with Syngenta on with us right now. All right, Dean, you got to hear about fertility a little bit. How about weed control? (laughs) I know they talk about up to 12-inch tall corn. You need to keep your fields completely weed-free because that's where they can take weeds can take the most yield away from your crop. Do you find that to be true? And if so, what should growers be out there doing now? There's a lot of fields where weeds are breaking. Well, that, that is true. And, and that early season weed control is, is paramount and important. I think a lot of times we get, we have the misnomer that, you know, we, we finished the field, uh, you know, and it was clean at the end of the year, but we gave up bushels right off the get-go because those weeds were competing with that crop, crop uh, you know, in that early season. 
you know, right now, especially you got those guys that kind of maybe started clean and tried to do a row and go, but the weed pressure was so great. They lost yield there uh, because of that, those weeds were competing with the crop. He may have a, you know, a clean field at the end, but he gave up some, some uh, yield right there. So it starts with getting, getting that weed, those weeds managed right away. If, if you can, uh, you know, right here in Iowa right now, we got about B4, you know, going on B5 corn. Uh, it's prime post, uh, post spraying uh, time. So we want to have a nice, uh, good post program with some overlapping residual in there to keep that uh, clean till canopy. And uh, again, if we can do that, we can keep that, uh, preserve that yield there in that corn. You mentioned the residual overlapping. This is getting to be a real popular topic in a, a number of different crops, corn being one of them. When when you look at that, group 15s are a lot of the process here for guys. They're putting some group 15 on early and then putting some more on post-emerge. Are there some other residuals that we kind of forget about in that mix too? Yeah, I mean, especially like uh, mesotrione. We forget that that has, you know, that's one of the key components in you know of Callisto. And uh, it's found in Lexar and Lumax, Acuron. It has a, a residual for your small seeded broadleaves and some large seeded broadleaves as well. Um, additionally, uh, bicyclopyrone that's found in Acuron, it can go pre or post. And so that's another way to get that residual type component out on the soil over and above that, that group 15 that, that we talk about uh, there. So there's some other products out there. Um, it just we just got to be aware of it, cognizant. Uh, talk to your uh, your uh, local uh, retailer about that, and uh, you know get that extra residual on the ground. All right, let's talk about this HPPD family because obviously you've got some soil residual, but you also have some great knockdown weeds that are up, and we definitely need that this year. Uh, talk about atrazine, mixing that with it. Talk about these HPPDs. How do we get the most out of them right now? that's that's you're 100 percent correct when it comes to that you know really with the hppds and it's not just the ones uh, that that syngenta sells but almost all of them you'd like that little atrazine component it doesn't take much i think sometimes we we think okay uh, a little is good a lot will go a long way it doesn't take much just about a quarter of a pound is all you need with the, those hppds it creates that synergy um, they're working really closely in that plant, uh, to, um, especially that weed, to make this cascading effect that you see the synergy that you get twice the impact uh, with that versus just any one of them as a standalone. So uh, we, see that, we see that synergy effect with that atrazine. We always recommend atrazine with any HPPD because of that. And I don't like to say it, but, you know, if you can control a four-inch weed with uh with just straight callisto uh you can take down an eight inch weed that much better with uh with a little bit of atrazine i wouldn't want to try that without the atrazine in that mix because you just see that much synergy there and it's going to help uh help with that weed control and it's not only post it also helps in that that uh that residual effect too you see that uh, synergy in the, in the residual as well all right. How important are the adjuvants, the oils and the nitrogen source, these types of things? And then which which ones specifically are you recommending right now? Are supposed to be kind of hot? Does that change what you're what you're thinking there? 
Well, yeah, that's the that's the million dollar question right there. Is is what adjuvant do I use? I know with uh, with our Halix GT and and the new Acuron GT that we're launching, the only thing that we can recommend is really a non-ionic in those mixes. You go to a Callisto and that sort of thing. You can go to a crop oil, and uh, as we get warmer, you kind of want to tend to stay away from some of those hotter oils. But to me, it's weed control is paramount. I'm going to, I, I always hate to, to hate to see Fido, but I'd rather have the weed control and deal with a little bit of a uh, little bit of speckling and that sort of stuff that you may get from a atrazine and oil burn. Uh, you know, when you're throwing that atrazine with the HPPD. So um, you're just going to have to pay attention to your labels. What's, what can you use? In a lot of cases, you know, the adjuvant that's in, uh, you know, say you're doing a, um, Callisto Extra and Glyphosate Roundup Power Max. You know, there's enough adjuvant in that Roundup Power Max being loaded that it can carry the day uh, as far as your adjuvant goes. If you want to, want to, uh, you know, beef it up a little bit, you can. You just got to talk to your manufacturers of your specific adjuvants because there's a lot of gray area there. Some of them are non-ionic, some of them are oil, some of them are combo type products. So you got to really, really pay attention to those products so that you don't light up your corn uh, to the point you're going, man, I didn't want to do that to my crop. And um, uh, you just need that guidance to help you, uh, you know, go sort through that. Yeah, absolutely. Dean Grossnickel here with Syngenta. Dean, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on, and good luck to you heading into this busy spray season. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Let's head out to Virginia. We've got Heath Cuttrell on with us right now. Uh, Heath, I'm just looking at your weather, and it looks like 90 degrees coming up all week. It's it's going to get hot. What do you what do you change when your corn is under that kind of heat stress, or is it good? Do you need the heat? Well, actually, right here where we're at, I don't think we're supposed to get 90. Um, I'd say our weather has been just about perfect in the last three or four days. We actually having a slow rain today. So nice. about 80, so 82 degrees here. Uh, it's been hot and dry, though, but we've been catching some rains in the last three or four days. So things are good uh, right now. We're eating chicken gizzards and drinking liquor today. <laughs> well, I like getting a rain every once in a while. That sure helps to get a break from all the work. Uh, when you look at nutrients, and, and I know earlier we were talking about side dressing nitrogen and those types of things, do you like to have everything done early, or are you saving some nutrition for a little later in the season too? So uh, in the past, I've done it both ways. Uh, the last few years we've side dressed a little sooner, uh, when the corn was at V4, V5, and I personally think that may have been a little too soon. I'm holding back a little bit this year. We actually just started side dressing yesterday. It's about uh, knee high to shin high. Okay. I mean knee high to thigh high, excuse me. Uh, and I reason holding back is I feel like, you know, if, if there's more plant uh, availability there, I guess you'd say, I feel like they're, the nutrients, you know, that you're putting down would have more uptake by a larger corn plant, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. You got a big rip mass underneath there, you bet. So, yeah, we changed that up this year. So we're going back to what we did about three years ago, and uh, hopefully we'll have some success doing it that way. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out this year. And I, I, I'm glad you guys are catching some rain too because, well, you just talk about it. You get some nitrogen out there, you get a nice little rain, get everything working, get it pushed into the plant. It, it could be a, could be a really good deal. Well, well, Heath, I hate to bother you when you're, when you're having actually kind of a little bit of a day off for once. I know you don't get too many of those. But, uh, but really appreciate the tips and good luck to you. Hopefully that rain keeps coming for you nice and easy this year. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good uh, rest of the week and good weekend coming. You bet. Thanks a lot, Heath. Yeah, that side dress timing is one. I know we, we talk to a lot of farmers that have a specific time they like. Some of it's geared up to, well, here's the biggest corn I can get through with my equipment, and others are targeting specific growth stages. Uh, I like that focus that Heath had a little bit on, on what's the root size underneath there to pull it up as well. We'll talk more about influencing yield in corn right after this. Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Stop losing money from your stored grain with the Enzone Fan Control System from FarmShop MFG. The Enzone monitors outside conditions to run your fans so your grain naturally reaches ideal temperature and humidity. For more information, visit FarmShopMFG.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. When it comes to crop disease, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on crop disease with DuPont Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one for healthier corn, soybean, or wheat crop that can deliver higher yield potential and increased revenue per acre. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. With powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. 
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about influencing yield in corn right now. And I was I was online, I was looking at some videos on there, happened to see our friend Chad Henderson down in Alabama, and he was having himself a little Kelly Garrett moment where he had one of those unplanned <laughs> checks out in the field. What's that yellow corn doing down there, Chad? Come on. Oh, come on. It's a southern thing, you know. <laughs> No, we, we've got a couple of those things, too, where oh, a, a switch forgot to be flipped on and all yep. of a sudden something didn't get fertilizer. Yep. Man, that makes a big yep. difference. Woo. And you know what? I'm hearing a lot of that across the country now with this year with in-furrow and tuba two of how much it's really shined this year with the weather we had and the swing we had in weather, you, you know, bet. in the plant season. Yeah, we were just debating about the side dress and when to pull the trigger and and add a little bit more in. But man, that early season stuff really paid this year. What do you have a do you have a side dress going on right now on your farm, or you wait till it gets even a little bigger? Well, we do right now. I'm actually we're we're looking. Uh, we side dress corn. You know, I was just talking to Janelle, and she was talking about well, what things to influence corn now. And I said, well, whose corn are we talking about? Matt Miles <laughs> is down there tasseling. You know, and and y'all are up there. What you know, got two leaves thrown out. You know? Yep, yep. I know it. We're, we got a ways to go here. And yep. it, you're right. There's different things at every stage. Uh, what are you doing out in yep. your fields right now? So, so right now, you know, obviously ours, all the herbicides on, and you know, that's a big deal for us. The herbicide program, uh, and when we can influence them, that's our first influencer after the tuba two or the infura, and that's that's the first one we you know, the first one we start to move the needle on. Sure. And uh, that one will will have a good package of several things. My guys get kind of my first cousin, Stuart, and partner, and my son, Jackson, do a lot of the spraying, and they just, we dread that moment because it'll be seven or eight things in the herbicide spray, you know, and they're like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) It it always is anymore. It's it's never this simple one product goes in the tank. It's always, well, hey, I'm making a pass. I can accomplish so many different things with it, and and that requires a lot of scouting, and it also requires just kind of paying attention over the years and finding out what works and what doesn't. There you go. There you go. And and we're still seeing, too, you know, I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but the first load, the planter load, we can't replace it. I can't, you know, we, we can't replace it. So that load to us has been really detrimental, as you've seen in that video, what it what yeah. it does for us. So we's able, we're able to stretch out our other loads, such as our side dress load. And, you know, the herbicide load's kind of the same, but the side dress loads, it's able to move it back, and it changes the window in it. Yeah, that makes a big difference, and I love trying to build uh, right. a little bit of cushion into the program where I'm not so uh, yeah. in trouble if I get rain for a few days and can't well, we, get out in there. Well, well, we've had good luck with a uh, finish line in with our herbicide product at a quart or either um, also Mark Coots's insert in with a quart. Any, both of those two have been real well for us on the herbicide spray. And, you know, which we're always going to put, you know, a pint to a quart of boron in every time we go across anything, you know, it's, it's going to be there for just a second and it'll leave us again in the South, you know, it's, it's hard to get it to stick around, but so every time we go across, we're going to put it in. Yeah. That, that, uh, micronutrient focus is one we get a lot of questions on with, with yep. some of the micros like that. It, yeah. Boron's the, the one that, that gets away the fastest on you. What about zinc yep. and some of the others? Are you, are you spoon feeding that throughout the year too, in a few yep. different spots? Yes. Yes. We make sure we always have the zinc load in at, with a planter and then we're going to hand it off. We, uh, we don't put much zinc out with a, you know, in the herbicide 
and then we'll hand it off and make another good shot at it with a wide drop. And we'll wide drop a little earlier down here. We run a John Deere sprayer, so we can't get the height on it. People can with a haggy. And on the irrigated corn, we can, you know, we can fergate it. But um, we'll we'll run it, you know, from V V seven, V eight, V nine, and that range is where we hit our side dress at. And we'll be there with a zinc and a boron load. And it'll be, you know, and a humicrophobic as well, you know. I know you guys are yield champs, and you're always pushing to get the next five bushel, ten bushel, twenty five bushel, one bushel, what? one bushel, three bushel. <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you shooting for this year? How much of a jump is a realistic jump that growers should be looking at? Uh, uh. Brian, really well, the reason I bring question. this up, Chad, Brian, Brian was talking about this earlier uh, uh, this spring, and he said, I've got guys who have raised 250 before that are telling me they're going to put yep. on stuff going for 300. And to some degree, yep. you say, you know what? There's probably a, a, yep. a few things you got to cross off the list before you can make that big yep. a jump. Yep. I, I got you. So, so, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, I'm planting this. This is 400 bushel corn. Well, I, I, sometimes I don't think I can spell 400, much less make 400. So, uh, you know, we've made, you know, when our yield thinks we've made 350, 355. Uh, our goal under irrigation is every time we go under pivot, we want to be anywhere from 295 to 310. That's our goal. And that's just normal production irrigated corn. And that's what our yield contest does for us. It, it gets us where we can push things into that program without having to make a lot of applications to figure out what works and what don't work. And that's why that is why there's seven things in our herbicide program is we we keep packing things into that program because we've seen where we can influence there through our yield contests and things. But but, you know, I, I want to make 300 to 310 is what I want to make under our irrigated corn is, is, is what I'm looking at. That's a pretty darn nice goal. Yeah, that'd be fun just to have well, that it's, just it's, even across the whole field. That'd be that'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what pays the bills. That's what pays the bills. The <laughs> yield contest and the things we do there and things we get to do and talk to y'all about, you know, that's the stuff that, that's that's R&D. And if you don't have R&D on your farm, you know, what, what are we really doing? Yeah, and, and, you know, that really brings up a great point. I'm glad you said that, Chad. you got to have a little bit of R&D going on all the yeah. time on your farm, doing a little bit of research, because you get a year like this where the corn price is great, and we talk to farmers all the time and say, all right, corn price is great. I'm going to throw more money at it. I'm going to try all these different things. And it's like, wait a second, haven't you tried them before on a small scale? Now yeah. you want to do it across 1,000 yep. acres? That's pretty risky. Yeah. Yes. So two years ago, we put we put some corn, we double crop corn behind wheat. And but and it was because if we run on a season where the corn prices run up or something happened and we was short of corn acres, we'd come in and double crop it. Okay. So I planted corn three years ago, June, June the 3rd, planted June the 3rd down here, and it come out of the ground blowing and going. It come out so fast. We run, we put Roundup on it. We never didn't even have to put a, like an atrazine or a Halex. We never didn't even put that on it. It had so much ground cover and, and, and uh, you know, shaded the middle so fast, we didn't even have to put anything on it. It was really eye-opening to me. And we made, a, we made 190 bushel on it that year wow. behind water and learned a lot. I mean, we learned a lot. I mean, and, and I missed a lot of it as well, you know. Well, here we are, June so, 3rd, so 2021. There going to be any of that kind of yeah. opportunity this year? Uh, no, no, I think I got the acres I want. And I, I told Dad, I said, you know, Dad Stewart, I was like, y'all want any more corn? I said, no, no, we good. We, we think we got what we want, you know. <laughs> when you got bean prices where they're at, oh. and, you know, we shoot to make six, somewhere around 60 to 60 to, we want we can make 60 to 65 
and we'd love to make 70 to 75 is is our goal you know uh and that's on their double crop beans okay. so that's that's what we shoot for in that and when we make if we can make that you know behind water yeah you know, it, it, well well, that's pretty nice because I hear a lot of guys really just mailing it in on that double crop bean acre, and and I, I don't understand that when you've got this opportunity. Guys are happy with forty, and they aren't pushing things when they could have sixty, yep. like you say. All the conditions yep. are there. You you could be able. You could do it. Yeah, and and but you know it's in down here in the south. It's just so much heat. It's hard to do. You know, I mean, there's like last year. I had a bunch of beans that cut eighteen and twenty. Wow. You know, and it just happens. It's just the wrong heat. But under, like I said, under irrigated, in an irrigated scenario, we just, it's just not uncommon, you know, for us to make 60, it's just going to make 60, 65. I mean, we've got some good varieties and we've got some, you know, good things going on and it don't take a lot of inputs to do that, you know, because seed companies and other, other people have got us a good program. Well, it sounds like you're having fun. We're talking with Chad Henderson down in oh, Alabama. We have a good time. You, you guys are always, a good time. <laughs> always, always learning, always trying to get better. Uh, really appreciate all the information always you guys are something. pumping always out kidding. online. I got smokes. All right. Well, thanks, Chad. We really appreciate having you on. Good luck here. Hopefully, the good weather keeps coming hey, for you. Good luck. Good luck, guys. You bet. Bye bye. It's always fun talking to farmers in different parts of the country. They get different challenges. We can always learn from each other. Here we got some heat coming, even in the north. Brian mentioned there. there's talk of 90s, maybe even 100 degrees up into North Dakota through this heat wave that's coming through. Uh, the guys in the south, they face that every year, and they still shoot for high yields. We'll talk more about what you can do to influence yield in corn and tackle some of your agronomic questions right after this. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. 
Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high-yield toolbox. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We've been talking about influencing yield in corn right now. And Brian, you got any other tips you want to give up? Well, I, I I would just say I had a question this morning from an agronomist, and he said, "What do you think about fungicide at V2 or V3? The plants are a little beat up from frost, wind, that kind of thing." And I said, "No." Our experience so far has shown that V2, V3 fungicide, it's probably not there. The, the, you're not going to gain enough yield. And also, I want you to think about this. Let's say you're in 30 inch rows, even if you're in 20s. But let's say you're in 30 inch rows, which the majority of corn in the United States is. It's at V2 or V3. What percentage of your spray is going to land on the crop versus what percentage is going to land on the ground? You see where I'm going with this. When 90% of what you spray is going to hit the ground, is it really worth it? I I just, I wouldn't do it. So spraying at V5, I'm fine with. I mean, we prefer V6, V7, V8 instead of V5. But anything there with fungicide, I, I mean, that does look pretty decent. A lot of guys are running half rates. They're spending three to five bucks an acre is all. They're already out there spraying something else. So they throw just throw it in the tank. So I'm just trying to say you don't have an extra trip or extra cost. It's literally three to five bucks. And with new crop corn at $5 a bushel, you go, hmm, um, I'm probably willing to try that. Well, I certainly would be. I'm no, I know we will spray on our farm. I'm, I'm, I'm great with that. But we sprayed a lot of our corn. We got done uh, spraying for broadleaves last week. Uh, or is spraying our post-emerge spray. I shouldn't just say broadleaves. Broadleaves and grass. Uh, anyway, V3. You know, the biggest corn we had was V4 when we finished spraying. That's just too small for fungicide. So we're going to come back and make another trip. And I realize it's another trip, so you got a little bit of cost there. But we might spray something else too. I, I was, I, I don't know. There's a chance we might throw a little Roundup in or something. I mean, if we have some escapes, I don't know exactly what we're going to do. But we'll scout. We'll see what it looks like. I just know this. When the temperatures are going to be as hot as they are, the stuff's going to grow fast. I don't care what crop we're talking about, but corn does grow very quickly. And, you know, when heat comes, every crop does move fast. So you got to be prepared to go. And that's why right away to start the show today, I was just saying, you know, personally, I'm not a believer in this 
thing of saying, oh, it's going to be hot and I can't spray. No, you can probably spray in the mornings. You might even be able to spray when it's hot, if you've had rain, if you've got humidity, things like that. So you just have to look at your situation, work with your agronomist and go from there. Now, I, I will say later on, that's where it starts to get in my mind a little bit questionable. If you have at least some moisture and some humidity, then you got a chance that a later application, let's call it a pre-tassel or a tassel application of fungicide could pay. If you have harmful insects that are showing up, well, number one, make sure you scout. But number two, to throw an insecticide out there doesn't cost much money, and that could be really helpful. One thing you got to be a little bit more aware of in a hot, dry year also is spider mites. Now, we don't typically see spider mites in the Midwestern United States until we get to July. But you just never know when anything can show up on your farm in terms of insects or mites. So always be scouting. And if you've got specific questions on any of that stuff, like I say, talk to your local agronomist. But you can certainly give us a call or send us an email at any point. Last thing that I will say is fertility. So two things. One, we know that having ample balanced fertility is more important in a drought year than in a wet year. Because... When your crop runs short on any one nutrient, it becomes a water waster. It tries bringing in more water, even if it doesn't need the water yet. So you always want to have ample and balanced fertility in your soil. But the next thing that I wanted to say is if you've got a year like for us this year, we've barely had any rain. We're at nine total inches of rain in all, in 11 months. Nine total inches, and I shouldn't even say rain, precip. That counts the snow. So we have not had much, and we've got about four fields, four, maybe five fields, where we didn't put all the nitrogen on up front. We went to a little different program this year because I said, boy, the meteorologists, everybody's saying we got a good chance for it to be a drought year. The water table's at the lowest point in nine years. Um, I want to put most of our nitrogen on early, and thank goodness we did. So we aren't worried about leaching in our heavy soils, especially when you have no rain. But we got about four or five fields where we were going to side dress just because it was going to be corn on corn, going for bigger yields. So we just yesterday pulled pre-side dress nitrate tests, and I was talking to our farm manager, and I go, Mike, um, you might be putting nitrogen on next week, but it might be the week after. Or it might be the week after that. I said, we're not going to put a pound of nitrogen on that ground until rain is imminent. Because you're just wasting your money. If you throw it on the surface of the soil and you got dry soil, not a lot of humidity, and no rain in the forecast, you start losing urea in about 48 hours. You start losing liquid 28% a little after that. And sure, you can stabilize these products. That's going to help you a little bit. But rain or tillage is what it takes. Well, obviously in a drought year, you don't want to do tillage. So now we're left with rain. And I'm just trying to say, and, and as you hear all this, you're probably going, oh boy, Brian's making it sound bad. And you know, times are tough and it's, it's negative and everything else. Look, I love it when it's hot and dry early. I, this is great. Okay. All we need is some timely rains in the summer. Everything's going to be fine. What we're talking about today is influencing your yield now in corn. And we also always talk about trying to help you make money on the farm and not waste money. If you need to put more nitrogen out or sulfur or boron or any of these things that you shorted yourself a little on early, maybe even potassium, that's fine. I'm just saying it's not getting in the ground and it's certainly not going to get used until you get rain. So I would wait, if it was me, until the weather forecast says, hey, there's a 100% chance of rain in two days. 
I'd say, all right, let's get the sprayers rolling. Let's get out there, get all that stuff on. We can cover a lot of acres in a short amount of time, and that's probably what we're going to do on our farm. All right, let's get now to the Ag PhD mailbag again. All right, Brian, got a question. This is from Shane in North Carolina. He said, uh, oh, wrong thing. He said, I've got some turnips that I'm putting in as a food plot for deer. I'm wondering, do you see anything on the soil test that I could do to make the soil even a little better? Well, the challenge here is it's light ground, 7 to 9 CEC, so that's sandy-ish ground. It's certainly not the worst ground or anything like that, but that's that's really the biggest challenge that you've got. So you got to have regular rainfall if you want things to turn out well. I would also say there's 25% magnesium, and a lot of times when we see that high a magnesium level, we go, ooh, that's a little bit concerning, it's a little high. Well, that's not high when we start talking about sandy ground. So I'm fine with your magnesium level. The calcium could be considered just a hair low, but it's really not that bad. So in terms of the soil test in general, I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen a soil test from this particular lab before. Uh, it is a Malik 3 extraction, so that does help me out a little bit here. But it just looks to me like you are in need of some more potassium and phosphorus. Those are the primary nutrients, and they are necessary for, I don't care if we're talking turnips or radishes, or we're talking corn or soybeans. Those nutrients are very much needed. So I'd be looking at getting some more P and K out there, K especially. That one does look pretty low. Um, So right now it looks like, uh, let's see, is that 71? Is that parts per million, Darren? It says P index and K index. So Hmm. nope. Don't want to touch oh. it, but I but I oh, put the okay. recommendation on there gotcha. from NC State, and I'd say I'd just put on fertilizer as they recommend it at this point. Yeah, and they do recommend putting P and K on there and it, it, some nitrogen as well and a little bit of boron and stuff. So, yeah, in that light of soil, if you do start getting lots of rain, just understand that your sulfur, your boron, and your nitrogen are leachable. So anytime you look at any crop, you have to consider those leachable nutrients, nitrogen, sulfur, and boron. All right, thanks for the question. We appreciate that. Got this from Conrad. He said you guys are talking about post-emerge weed control in corn. I'm wondering what personal protective equipment do you recommend when applying post-emerge corn herbicides, and where can I find that information? You will find that information right on the label, and we're going to recommend what the label says, and it varies depending on the product. Yep, you can look at the material safety data sheet that goes along with each of those products as well. Yeah, and I would just say... Please use caution. Now, a lot of the products we use are are probably never going to kill you or anything like that. But nevertheless, there's no point in taking any chances. So just wear the personal protective equipment. It's not that big a deal. And then you're safe. All right. Got this one from PWW. He said, thank you guys for the information on spraying your own crops. Appreciate that and would love to see even more videos on how young farmers can do more things themselves. Hey, thanks. We really appreciate that. that. That is our goal to help you do more yourself on your farm. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.